Well, let's do it. Hey, we're rolling. Blackness. Go ahead, Trev. Yeah, do the thing. We're rolling? Bye. Yep. Bring us in. We're rolling? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Are we... We're live, baby. We're ready for a some fiction. You told me to do the thing. This is the thing that I'm doing. Oh, it's good. What thing are you doing here? You're doing a bit oh, like... Fermented folks. <laughs> How are you? Uh, <laughs> maybe I'll do it. I'll do this whole episode in a Midwest accent, don't you know? Um, why? What, why are you on, doing uh, that? Stop that. Travis and Clayton <laughs> from Olam, yeah. Uh, we hail from the north north part of Montana, close to the Canadian borders, which is not Midwest, but, you know, it's close enough. Anyway, um, yeah. Hi, might as well be. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to the show. You come here every, every week, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that makes four of us. Today, we are talking about The Owl House, a Disney animated series that is fantasy. Um, yeah. Before we do that, we are going to give a few life updates. Clayton, my brother, what you got going in your life there? I apologize to anybody who's from the Midwest and actually has Midwest accent. Um, for this abomination that you're being forced to listen to on the show right now. Yeah, we apologize that you sound like that. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jeremy, for clearing that up. Yeah. If I wasn't transparent, I meant I apologize for you that Travis is nailing this accent so much and that this is what you all actually talk about. It's really too bad. Yeah. 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 Go birds. Go birds. Moving on. Okay, uh, my update. So the second book of the Crevasse series, that's my novella. It's over there somewhere. Um, I am on book two in that series. It is another novella. I'm doing three novellas. And today I got my notes back from my developmental editor. So I'm starting the second pass, and that's really exciting. It's my favorite pass. Uh, the second developmental edit where you really start to get to put the puzzle together and kind of have everything uh, written but not finalized and you get to just polish the language and it gets a lot more like creating things that or a lot less creating things out of thin air and you get to move more into further developing the themes and the plot and the characters and the dialogue so I'm really excited to get started and it's cool to have the book moving forward that's what I got all right, right on. I'm ready to read the book. I'm excited for that. Yeah. I want to do that. Um, I keep not having a whole lot of life updates. Um, recently started uh, meal prepping. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. Yeah. Um, and let me tell you, I used to always think it was only for like weight room bros and like Chicken and broccoli every day. No, like you can get pretty creative with meal prep. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So, so I made some moose stew, along with some uh, chicken fajita, like mix that I can I I put in a rice bowl. I did a chicken fajita omelet one day. All right. And I did a just a normal chicken fajita like taco. And uh, yeah, this week we got a. Uh, Cajun chicken parmesan pasta. So nice. Sweet. Just crazy over here. Oh yeah. <laughs> meal prep is the way to go, dude. Deanna meal preps every week and it is the best thing of all time. I mean she makes like three to four awesome dishes that can be used in multiple ways. Oh yeah. You wanna you wanna level up your your meal prepping game. You can go get Sam with the Cooking Guys recipes with intentional leftovers. Oh. Yeah, you make some. Or just watch his YouTube channel. Hold on, Colin. We'll reveal you. No, go away. Oh, we'll there reveal it is. you. That's. Ah, oh. Ruining the big reveal. Come on. You That's... gotta wait until you had your thing, you know? And I can put it away. Spoiler alerts. I can put it away. Are we recording? Oh, yeah, <laughs> we are. <laughs> Okay. We'll just cut it and bring it in later. Forget about what you just saw. 
I started. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was work. I've been working very That's late, too. like work, work till like seven or nine for my job. Mm. You guys are really distracting. Sorry. It's hard to be in Montana here. You're working. <laughs> Yeah, you're I can't do it. Colin's over here trying to put headphones <laughs> under his fedora, and it's, <laughs> it's so distracting to me too, bro. Yeah, he's. I'll get home. He's in the mood. I cook. No. Yeah. I get home at like seven seven thirty p.m. and I'm like, I don't want to cook. Me either. I, yeah, but I already cooked myself Sunday night, which is oh. boom. Chopped. Right, boom. Ready to oh, go. Yeah. Slick. All right, next session. Yeah. Segment. We got forced entrollment. We call it that because one of us is going to get forced to troll. And we determine who that's going to be by rolling these dice. Low dice has to be the troll, has to attack today Owl House, whether they like Owl House or not. High roll defends Owl House, whether they like it or not. And we don't like trolls. Weirds. We hate trolls. Yeah. So we is that our official stance? We're trollists. Trollists. I think trolls. I don't know. I... So much trollism. I think yeah. we're all kind of trolls in a way, too. That's kind of what our whole show does. A bit. Yeah. A bit. We're literally going to do it right now. Let's. Pedro. Pedro appreciates it. Yeah. Though, like we... He sees the, the subtle nuance with which we depict the little. I rolled my dice already. Thank you, Pedro. This one's for you. Pedro, roll my dice, please. I rolled already on a map. Thank you, Pedro. Thank you, Pedro. Oh, boy. That ain't very good. What'd you get? Seven. Fifteen. Hello. Dang. My God. My God. Oh, that's three. Yeah, you're on fire. Three in a row. Streak. No, not three in a row. Just three total. Oh, three total. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay, let's do this. You psyched? You ready? We we want some magical mayhem. In three, two, one, go. I mean, it's pretty, excuse me, easy to defend the Owl House. It's a, it's a heartfelt fantasy series made for kids that's about being a little weird and embracing it in a world that is also freaking weird. And like, what a great message, you know? I think it is wonderfully executed with a pretty basic overlying story with real depth to it so you got this you know basic story of a kid that's misplaced and her world goes into a fantasy world that she's been dreaming about for years meets this witch character you have the standard trope of like the mentor who's a magical mentor that's going to lead them through this hero's journey all of that we who've been reading fantasy forever have become very accustomed to but this show adds a lot of like irreverent comedy to it. Um, the fantasy world that she's thrust into it isn't exactly what she wanted. It's strange. It's wacky. It's unpleasant in a lot of ways. The mentor wizard character is a con artist, which I love. Um, I absolutely love just diving into that of like, your Gandalf is just like a swindler. <laughs> it's this back alley, like witch salesman who's pawning things. Um, I think that's just a blast. And I love the little sidekick, like uh, the king who, you know, is had this fantasy of being more powerful than he is, but he's not. Um, I think it is, yeah, it's really a bare-bones plot that has a lot of depth to it through the characterizations, through the dialogue, um, and through the irreverent comedy. It's got a lot of good messages for kids that are watching this on Disney Channel of, you know, you might not fit in, but you're going to find your place because eventually everybody does, and I think we are a group that can speak to that. Eventually you find your people, and 
when you do, you got to stick with them. And I think that's what this show teaches. Yeah. You got to hit. <laughs> you got to hit it on the head early on, and I don't really have to expand on it a whole lot more. But there's really nothing new about this show, and that's the problem with it. Um, everything about it, and we talked about this in our Disturbia episode. But the um, it's very paint by the numbers. It's classic fantasy, like literally, character doesn't fit in. Character goes to the wild, finds crazy person in the wild who teaches them to find out who they really are and find the power within themselves. It's like every fantasy story um, that takes place in a magical school ever. And there's really not a whole lot of new stuff that it brings to the table. Um, I think it does a pretty good job overall of like writing a pretty fun story and introducing uh, a new generation to these tropes and stuff. But for somebody who's already seen them like a million times, then I, I don't really need them again. And I don't see the Owl House breaking down any like new walls for me. Um, I guess it, other than the fact that it has like a female, female presence in it that is very strong uh, majority of characters are female that's kind of a breath of fresh air um, but aside from that it's basically taking the same tried and true tropes tried and true plots uh, it's got a very YA tone so that means it has really low stakes and I just don't find it all that compelling I'm not a big fan of YA for that reason I, I get a little bored with like the you always, you always know you know at the end they're gonna give us the little moral of the story uh, of the story and they're gonna spell it out for you and then you're gonna you know because you're trying to teach kids these lessons and in a lot of ways i think it's a show that wanted to be a show for adults and there's some shows that do that really well like shrek um but i don't think that this one quite pulls it off i think it's a little shy of the mark um yeah that's what i gotta say about it it's it's a kid's show it's a fantasy show. It follows all the formulas, and it doesn't doesn't really do a whole lot for me because I've already seen it too many times. I don't think it does follow all the f- formulas. I don't think Ada, yeah, Ada is the mentor, is the Gandalf type character. Which, for all those listening, I use Gandalf because Tolkien kind of, you know, that's just the one I go to. Anyway, Ada, I think, is that that Gandalf wizard mentor type character. But she's also, I've seen that trope played against several times at this point in my life now, where it's like the 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 more like gray morality mentor character doesn't want to accept the people. And I think Ada plays against that. She kind of like is a, is a line between. So like she accepts her new pupil. She accepts, um, looking at names, Luz. 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 She accepts Luz coming into her world um, as her student because she herself is an outcast. Um, And she doesn't like push her away like a lot of the outcast mentor characters I've read do. But at the same time, she's not Gandalf in that she's not this moral exemplar, angel, angelic wizard character. She's like a swindler. She's a, a crook, a thief. Um, a lot of the time she reminded me of uh, Father, the priest character in Lies of Lock. Father Chains. Like, Father Chains, who is like, I have a hard line of the life that I lead, and this is what you're getting into. But also, I get it, kid. Like, come on board. <laughs> you don't have to go back out. And I loved seeing that in a kid's show, because I think a lot of the times in these, these stories that are built for a YA audience, we get one or the other. You either get the mentor that the kid has to win over, or you get the mentor that is like an angel and is like, follow me and I'm perfect example and just be like me. Mm. And you get the new take on that where you're getting an adult character like Father Chains brought into a kid's realm in a digestible and well-written way. So I don't think it's it's like every trope we've seen with YAA fantasy stories. Um, I also don't think YA fantasy stories don't have stakes. I just think the stakes are different. The stakes aren't death. The stakes are lessons. The stakes are um, growth. 
Like, are you going to learn from this experience? Which are honestly more realistic stakes to our world because you die here, that's it. That's your story. The episodes don't continue. Mm -hmm. Whatever you believe, we don't know what happens after that chapter. Whereas in TV, we do. We see the rest of everybody's story play out. And I think why I can do that of like, your stakes aren't death. None of your characters are gonna die because this is a kid's show. But here's your other stakes. Your stakes are, is this character gonna grow? Is this character gonna be an idiot this episode and not get what's supposed to get? And I think that the show does that well. Yeah, I think that is the problem with YA though, is they set it up like those are the stakes. Like Luz goes into lots of situations where she could feasibly die. Um, and Ida is always in situation. I mean, they even hint in like the second or third episode where Ida turns into the owl lady for the first time that uh, a character does die. But then they do the YA thing of just being like, oh yeah, this is for kids. Uh, that character's fine. Uh, don't worry, the owl spat him back out. He's still totally alive. Um, and they did the same thing with Ada, I felt like. You said she accepts Luz, but I felt like she was just using Luz to her own ends, which is very much to her character. But then she kind of just says at the end of the episode, yeah, okay, you did your quest, so you can hang out for a little bit, knowing full well that Luz can't do magic because she's a human. Um, this is what Ida believes, anyway. And I think she sort of just becomes a mother figure like magic in the second episode. They don't really justify it, in my opinion. Um, she spends most of episode one not even necessarily teaching Luz anything, just sort of using her. And then in episode two, she's magically like, okay, we're best friends now. And I think YA does that a little too often for my for my liking. I think that's in all the case. Like, it's the heart of the first episode's quest is showing her mother figure because they're going to claim the crown that is the king's that's going to bring the king back into his full power. And mm -hmm. then he gets his crown and it's a Burger King crown. And it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, this was just like a plastic toy. But like, we're all weird here and we love each other despite our little fantasies that we have. And I think that's exactly like setting up Ida treats Fedora Kid. That's we got Fedora Kid. Oh good. That's, that's what, what you, you want. want. Come on now. You gotta wear it kind of down over your eye, but it's really hard. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard, hard to, to yeah, yeah. have that hat. Yep. You look like Shia LaBeouf in that one run uh, whiskey movie. How have you guys watched every Shia LaBeouf movie? You're like Shia LaBeouf's a great actor. Uh, he is. He's been. Uh, we've watched all. We've watched all the Transformer movies. We watched uh, uh, Indiana Jones Five. Uh, he was in that. Those are his only movies. Sorry uh, that we don't. You know, sorry he hasn't been any cyberpunks, Colin. Yeah, come on, man. Okay. That's all there is. That's all I can He's a horse. Honey Boy, uh, Peanut Butter Falcon. I watched oh, yeah, Peanut, Peanut Butter, Butter Falcon. Falcon. Very good. Fury was great. That's the Moby Dick. He was the kid in Const uh, Constantine. Constantine. Yeah. But I mean, that wasn't much of a part. Constantine. I mean, he, he killed it in that because it was like um, three lines. Oh, oh, he was, was like, I have a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He was the kid. What? Yeah, again, another role. He had three lines. Look, he had a lot of lines, and most of them were him being bad at swearing. But we, we should actually just talk about that. We should talk about my robot. I'm always going to talk about a robot voiced by Alan Tudyk. Come on. It does need to happen, because Alan Tudyk is an absolute G. Yeah. yeah. And everybody needs to acknowledge that in the entire world. We also need to make that, Isaac, that comparison between Isaac Asimov and whatever they thought they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay, carry on. This is our next segment. Uh, you may have hear, heard us yelling incoherently about it. It's we, called Beer of the Week. Yeah, yeah we, we, we are, are incoherent. incoherent. It's great. Special brews 
hooks us up with these beers every week. Thank you very much. Special Brews for being our first official sponsor. Thank you for not making us drink what Travis drinks. Yeah. Speaking of which, what are you drinking, Travis? What are you drinking? Well, once again, it's hard to find crap beers, so this run of episodes, I've actually been drinking pretty good ones. Nice. And I crushed the can already for some reason, but... Oh, jeez. <laughs> Bridger <laughs> Brewing, which is another beautiful Bozeman, Montana brewery. Uh, I'm drinking their Vigilante IPA. And Bridger, uh, the beer is great. The pizza tastes good, but you're rolling the dice on whether or not you're spending the rest of the night on the toilet. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've had sometimes I've got to take a chance. But it's good though. Wow. Still it's four and a half stars. Okay. It's good tasting pizza, but sometimes you, you guests risk. don't like it. That's, That's the best C minus the health department, the health department ever gave out. out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, in the spirit of fantasy, we're drinking an Imperial IPA. That is the justification we came up with before the show. The real reason is this is the other beer that survived the Super Bowl. It doesn't get to survive any longer. Um, so here we go. We got Big Ballard by Red Hook, a well-known Red Hook Imperial IPA. Thank you, Red Hook. Red, Red Hook used to be a Washington brewery, but sadly they sold out to... Coors or Budweiser or something and moved to Oregon. It is Anheuser-Busch, I believe. Yeah, that one. It's not Coors. Because Columbia did not have Red Hook. <laughs> well. I know that for I'm sure. I do know that for I remember one thing from a past job, and that's it. I remember which beers we had. <laughs> and I just know we it didn't. It definitely wasn't in the book. We didn't have it. It was in one. my van. But I like it. Here it is, Red Hook. Thanks. Yeah, you're doing it. Thank you, Red Hook. Thank, Thank you, Red Hook. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Work-related injuries. Come, come. All right. Yeah. All right, Trap. You gonna chug that puppy or what? I'm losing steam. I'll. I'm gonna get as far as I can. Here we go. Cheers. Cheers. You can only chug in silence. Kink. Mm. Imperial. Oh. That one's a little much for me. It's stronger than I was expecting. Yeah. I'm not a big Imperial fan in general. They're just like, can we make IPAs harder to drink? <laughs> Sweeter and higher alcohol. How yeah. far did you get? T-Money. IPAs are hard to chug. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, if you're gonna pick a beer that's the worst to chug, that's probably. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think some of those uh, stouts. I don't know. Those usually aren't even carbonated. Russian. What are they? Heavy. Rasput, old Rasputin. Old Rasputin. Stouts are hard to chug. Yeah. It's like or sours. If you ever tried chugging a sour. That sounds like a bad move. Yeah, That's right, Travis loves yeah. sours. Yeah, we're going to make sure everybody in the chat sends him all the sours they can. Famously loves sours, favorite beers. Absolutely. Well, that was fun when it You will drink every sour you send him. Don't send them. All right, Colin. Whoa. What do you got, Colin? I'm just a fedora kid. Boy, I read books. And life is a nightmare, because I got books for days, <laughs> my lady. As simple, as simple Plan once said, I'm just a kid and life is a nightmare. Hey, they knew that it wasn't fair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the creator of Owl House uh, was working on uh, DuckTales. And um, Dana Terrace, and uh, she felt she didn't have enough creative freedom, and came up with the original ideas for the Owl House, and uh, pitched it to various networks, and uh, got it on Disney. And um, for the show, uh, she was inspired by 
paintings from people like Hieronymus Bosch. Mm -hmm. um, and also by the Pokemon franchise. That, uh, that, that makes sense. sense. Shout out to this guy over here. That adds up. That totally jacks. That tracks. King is just Cubone. It all makes sense now. Yeah. 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 He's, he's, he's a Cubone. Cubone. He's totally Cubone. Yeah. I mean, who didn't like Cubone, right? And uh, she actually had a. Um, uh, she actually had a friend whose name was Luce, and mm. her friend said she could only call her character that if she was uh, part Dominican. So she said, sure. Uh, nice. And that's why the main character is, um, I guess, Dominican. I feel like they don't really say that in the show, but we know that her mom and her speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and uh, she definitely wanted to... Uh, Make a show that had prominent LGBTQ plus kind of characters and relationships. Yeah. Um, and the show very much took off, which like got hit hard by the COVID uh, pandemic and then um, debatably didn't recover considering it didn't get renewed. I feel like you know more about this. It, I mean, I feel like I first learned about the show when they weren't going to get a fourth season. Yeah, well, and everyone was like, "Why?" It's, it's debatable, debatable because, because, like, critically, and I'm pretty sure commercially too, too the, the show has been a success, success for all of its seasons. seasons. However, it did get a lot of backlash for uh, spoilers for who's who's seen far enough to see Luz and Andy. Okay, you can you can spoil. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I assume, well, the, the show had a lot of backlash from, uh, let's just say, say dumb, dumb people. people. <laughs> because uh, Liz and Andy end up together, and it's adorable. And, uh, and it's, I mean, it's still a kid show, so, like, they're together, and by that you mean they hold hands, I presume. I can't, I don't think I've seen them kiss yet, so. They do a little kiss. Oh, they do a little, little yeah. kiss on the cheek yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Wow. freaking adorable, everyone. It's adorable. And so their their final season is getting wrapped up in a series of longer episodes rather mm. than you know a season of television. Yeah, the right on. some old bullshit. The creator Dana Terrace has said that you know it's not getting canceled because there's anything wrong with the money or anything else. It's just. Disney decided they don't want that kind of show anymore. Yeah. That's Disney that. decided that you can't put the gays on the TV for children because then the children will know that there are gays. And we can't have that. Yeah. See, I think Disney's fine with it if it's not an animated There's so much wrong show. with me. <laughs> we do not agree with Disney on this, if that yeah, is as clear. we do disagree. A hundred percent. Five kids knowing that they were gays. Why? I don't think that Disney's stance, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go on record saying we're not accusing Disney of anything in particular or anything at all. That said, not anything explicit. Really sucks that Owl House is on its last season. Yeah. Um. Close. But we'll get to that later, because that's my thoughts. Uh, Jeremy, what other notes do you have? Oh, I, yeah, that's notes. We're doing notes. I think we kind of transitioned into that. We did. We kind of ended up there. It was organic. You only have seven pages of notes. Yeah. It might have been seamless, if not for this entire part. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like a good seam. That's funny. <laughs> yes, you do. A gaping seam. Yes. <laughs> So, yes, uh, my first note is that, uh, yes, King is definitely not powerful or, or important. He's not, everyone. Definitely. I don't want to spoil anything for Travis. Good call. King sucks. Yeah. He's just a, he's just a silly little dinosaur wolf thing. Cubone. Sounds, he's just a silly little Cubone that sounds like Bill Cipher. It's fun. 
Oh, yes. Uh, my second note is is one thing that I do like about the show. It's, Magic is a psychopath for basically the entire show. True. Yeah, you know, I don't like it in in fantasy where, especially young adult fantasy and whatever, where like somebody learns magic and like them doing magic is just kind of great for them the whole time. Even though sometimes they'll pretend they have a dark side because they can do magic, but like, <laughs> no, you're just angsty. I went through puberty once too. It's fine. We just spent a whole episode last episode talking about fedora kids. Yeah, yeah hi. <laughs> huh? What's up? I don't know what you mean. No, I'm better than them. <laughs> Absolutely, you're you're different than those uh, other fedora kids that no, like don't it. really wear the fedora. No, yeah, they don't I'm get it. Like this is the like real fedora. fedora. Yeah, that's. <laughs> They're just posers. Yeah, do they even have the scarf? Come on. <laughs> is that a sounder scarf? It is a sounder scarf. Reffin, Reffin. Yeah. Jeremy, Jurassic Park shirt. You like something you were saying? Well, I like you. I like it when magic is weird and like not straightforward, and it'll maybe kill you. Yeah. That's why. That's why. Like everybody's. Everybody really started liking Harry Potter movies when Alfonso Cuarón took over and made everything absolutely demented. Mm -hmm. You know, that's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. It is. I like how there are just characters that have no explanation. Like, there's a kid, and she just has a giant nose. Like, she's more nose than anything else. And she's in every episode. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Don't worry about it. In the background, there's always some weird creature that eats another weird creature. Constantly. weird creature gets eaten by a bigger, weirder creature. Mm-hmm. Just walking down the street, something's always getting eaten, killed. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, you love to see it. I know I do. And one of my notes here is that YA wishes it was this good. It really does. Yeah, there's like even even watching the first three episodes, solid first three episodes. Although I have seen the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, you you don't really expect the twists and turns that you're going to get from this show. It goes some places. Mm-hmm. Some, of, some of the places you get. Like, like, uh, when, spoilers again, sorry, Travis. When Luz figures out how she can do magic... You you knew that was going to happen at some point, but it's an inventive thing that she that she figured out using the the rules of whatever bullshit they're working on. <laughs> well said. Thank you. <laughs> I, I really I really tied it together in that last sentence. You wrapped it up in a nice little bow. Jeremy, I'm not going to be surprised by a Disney show like making Hugging at My Heartstrings animated mm. Disney. Because I've watched the entirety of Clone Wars and like. Sure. Clone Wars. Four episodes. Yeah. We might do Clone Wars. Don't yeah, so, reveal your opinion. Yeah, don't spoil it for Pedro. <laughs> Pedro will be really upset if you tell him right now if how you feel about Clone right Wars. Come on. Sorry, Pedro. Travis just being a. Right I Disney Plus animated series is making me cry. <laughs> not Clone Wars, though. Probably. Yeah, probably not. That's. I assume it's unrelated. I I have a question. <laughs> okay. Because you brought it up. What's your question? Every time, all the characters freak out about how cute King is. I don't understand it. Because he he is a dirty raccoon that wears a dead animal's skull on his head. You don't. And every character goes, "He's so cute! I just want to cuddle him." I wanted. I mean, I'm like, he's horrifying. He is pretty adorable. Hold on, hug him. No, he's not. He smells like death. He smells like shit and piss. (laughs) 
You know, no, so do ferrets, know. but that doesn't make them less adorable, Colin. One of my neighbors got a ferret, and I'm like, I'm never talking to this person in my life. Because <laughs> only wackos have ferrets. Yeah, wow. like some combination of rat this guy. Like it's whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah. Listen, Keen is adorable. He is. And I can ad- Agreed. Yeah. As being, as being somebody who is, like, helping to raise a corgi, it's even cuter when there's a small thing that thinks <laughs> it's big. Absolutely. See, no, no, no. I'm on board for for everything about King. He's great, but I just don't. Every it's like each. I don't know. It's like your your heroine in a film. It could be could be male or female, and the like the heartthrob character, and every other character is like, oh my god, he's so hot right now, and then and then you're like, but he's not though. Like this person is not hot. Why is every character acting like this person is hot? He's so cute. He is. How do you not think that's cute, Come on, it's cute, dude. Cubone's mother died. That's what I think about. <laughs> the tragedy that is the Lavender Town, bro. That's when Pokemon gets heavy all of a sudden. Yeah, it's a Lavender Town, and it's like, oh, oh, this character wears a skull to remind him of his god. <laughs> But with I King, that's just part of his physiology. Guy got the got the exoskull. The exoskull. I mean, Lavender Town just pet cemetery. Yeah, it's a pet cemetery. Yeah, really, just a whole pet cemetery, isn't it? Yeah, just. I mean, you guys have already sliced and diced Pokemon. Oh no, we'll <laughs> as to no, we're not we're able to go to Pokemon. We haven't gone. We to have not begun. <laughs> To get into Pokemon. I have neither sliced nor diced Pokemon. I have prodded on this show. Gingerly. Why I want to hear. What are your thoughts on Al? Now I'm a lion, son of a bitch. I love Al House. <laughs> I, I think Al House was my idea. It was yeah. me or Jeremy, but I think it was me. It was it was you. Oh, I, I was, was down. I love this show. Um, it's thanks. I call it Rick and Morty for kids um, because I think that's definitely like the tone and the vibe of it. Even kind of the pacing and everything is very similar. Like there's a lot of uh, high flying fantasy antics um, and I'm totally lying lying about everything. I I think I came in a little half cocked, a little <laughs> half cocked um, because I've been winning a lot, winning a lot of roles. And I thought I had a pretty good shot to maybe sit down here and just take my high rolls for granted. And I, and I yeah. paid for that. You thought you'd roll that 20. Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I didn't roll that 20. I rolled uh, seven and I paid for that, you know, and I have to eat the crow now because... Stakes were made. The Eagles lost. Yeah. All right. We're in the worst timeline. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're not talking about the birds right now, Colin. Let's, unless it's owls. It's too soon. <laughs> yeah, we are talking about birds. We will talk about owls in owl the owl birds. house. Yeah. We're done with the Super Bowl. It's on to the superb owl. Indeed. <sighs> Indeed. I hate what you did there. Good. But I'm going to move should. on. I'm moving on. Um, I think this show, like Jeremy said, uh, goes to some really awesome deep levels of thinking and like storytelling for kids while keeping it all very much YA tone but they don't talk down to their audience and I think that's what's the most awesome part of the Owl House uh, what's that? I said that too yeah but I agree with Jeremy like a younger yeah. brother he's taking credit for everything <laughs> that you said. I agree with Jeremy not you yeah I've seen more um, it's fine <laughs> um but yeah, I, I really do think it goes into some really in-depth places, like uh, both of you said. I do love the... I love episode one, the Burger King crown. That was so funny. As soon as I... That was one of those things where, like Jeremy was saying, uh, sometimes it takes three episodes to set the tone of a show. That right there was like, boom. This is the show you're going to get. You're going to get, like... 
epic fantasy fights, beheadings that actually don't lead to death because magic. <laughs> and you're going to get like this really big build up to like a, a uh, MacGuffin type quest. And then it's just a Burger King crown that is like for King's self-esteem. <laughs> and I, I'm so about that. It's because <laughs> the whole message of the show is really like, uh, like you said, I love how you put that, Travis. Uh, we're all a little weird. We're all trying to fit in. Um, it's not as easy in real life as any movie or book makes it look for so many like characters. And I would like to address something too that I really, really like about this. Um, it doesn't do the thing that we talked about in our Disturbia episode where the popular people are automatically evil and should be shit on the whole time. Amity, who becomes uh, Luz's girlfriend and is an awesome friend character later in the show, oh, yeah. starts off being the popular girl. So it's kind of a friends to enemies trope. But I don't know. It didn't feel like that classic trope either yeah. to me. It actually felt like the popular kids are kids too. And it does not they don't suck just because they're popular. You yeah. know, and that was kind of a nice thing to see. Everyone's got these layers, man. And then there's Hootie. Hootie, Hootie. is so great. A psychopath. Yeah, absolute <laughs> psychopath. Oh, no, no. Again, I haven't seen all of it. love Hootie. So good. I haven't seen all of it yet, but I think it, those kinds of themes are set up automatically. Like the second episode is... Or no, the first episode. Yeah, the second episode. No, the first episode is like the the prison guard guy and he's like this evil and it's like why does he want ada does he want to put her in jail? Yeah. and he's like no he just wants to go on a date with her yep <laughs> he's just enamored by this woman you've escaped me all these times i really want to like take you out to figure out how and like maybe we have chemistry i was like that is setting the tone for the rest of the show that like you know these tropes. We know you know these tropes. Mm -hmm. We're going to subvert them just enough for you to have a little fun. And I think I'm, like, hooked. I haven't gotten as far as you guys, but I'm hooked. I, I will say that this show took me full circle. Because in the first, like, basically, there's the mention of the Emperor, who's, like, the bad guy, mm -hmm. the overarching villain. In that, that's in the first three episodes. And then it goes untouched... For 15 episodes until they decide to make it the season ender mm -hmm. and I felt like I when I watched when I went through the first six episodes like I stopped because I was like this just makes me want Avatar the Last Airbender it makes <laughs> me want Korra it makes me who which was LGBTQ way before this I mean and get, doesn't get credit for it. Get there. And then, uh, and then Adventure Time, and uh, Rick and Morty. Mm -hmm. um, like it, it. I was like, those other shows did it better. And then after I watched a couple more episodes, then we got back to some of those storylines. And it has in the middle of the first season. There's several episodes that sort of are the same thing and don't pick up where the other ones left off and are very much the same sort of plot thing. And then closer to the end of the season, they're like, oh yeah, maybe we should tie up some of these things. And then there are several episodes which build on each other the way a show like Avatar The Last Airbender did, where you, know, you can't just watch them out of order because new characters come around, new powers come around, all that sort of thing. But... I came full circle, everybody. Oh, good. By the time I got to the end of the first season, like, you know, whatever, like, within the last five episodes of the end of the first season, I was like, you know, I'm just a grumpy old man. This is a show for kids. They haven't seen The Last Airbender. They haven't seen Adventure Time. Those shows are now more than 10 years old. Yep. <laughs> so really, this is doing all the cool stuff that I remember from those shows, just yep. in a new way. I have two responses to you, Colin. Ooh. And one. The Simpsons already did it, but that's okay. No, no. Response <laughs> one, watch Over the Garden Wall. It is an HBO-produced animated kids show that is essentially 
Dante's Inferno for children, and it was fantastic. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> two, two. Uh, I think you do have a good point of like. That's just a Disney thing. Like even the Clone Wars, which is kind of what I hold as the pinnacle of Disney animation, has those episodes. That's like. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, how many times do the robots say, Roger, Roger, and, like, fire off a bunch of dumbs, and it's like, okay, I've seen that joke five times already, and I'm only six episodes in to season one of the show that everybody says is good. This is what I'm telling you. That's a Disney thing. It's in the midst of... <laughs> it is a Disney thing. You, you get these arcs that are, like, and I think... From what I'm hearing from all of you, this show is doing the same thing of like, yes, you'll have these filler episodes, which is kind of a stupid term. But anyway, you'll have these episodes that like don't seem to contribute to the overarching plots. And then you'll have ones that you take them in chunks and they are their own stretched out, just fantastic in-depth stories. Um, and I think that's just a like I've every animated or even live action series I've watched from Disney kind of has that feeling like you can watch three and get this really cool awesome mini movie and then there's two <laughs> to like give you a little palate cleanser and that's kind of just disney's ish i'm gonna go on record as saying i did not say that or agree with colin on that i do not think that i actually don't hate on the filler episode automatically um because like you said kind of a dumb term and it comes from like shows like dragon ball z which abused the living Christ out of it. <laughs> like, no, we do not need an episode of Yamcha training. We know what Yamcha's gonna do. Okay, he's gonna like get Yamcha. That's what he's gonna, he's gonna do. He's gonna get Yamcha. Small interjection. Do you know where a lot of filler episodes come from? Like the reason they happen in anime is because the a lot of the times the manga doesn't catch up. Yeah, like yeah, totally, like, totally, yeah. Animes will just have to like keep making storyline until the manga catches <laughs> up, and then they're like, oh, and then it ties back into this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, otherwise they do a Full Metal Alchemist and just make up the ending. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And help her. But that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, I think, I think that. Owl House is, uh, if it does have an episode that's kind of a filler episode, I think it all still ties in pretty good. It all is relationship building, and it pretty much all paid off for me in season two and season three for sure. Uh, yeah, they really um, feel like filler when they don't advance the world or the characters or the story. Yeah, exactly. If you're moving one of those along, I'm on board. Because, <laughs> like, for example, one of the funnest episodes. And this goes for this was in Avatar, same literal kind of episode is like uh, the the Hootie episode. Jeremy knows what I'm talking about. There's an episode where Hootie decides to solve everyone's problems, um, and of course it's the classic like his solutions at first look really bad, but then end up helping the characters out. Um, but like Avatar did a similar thing where it was like the tales of Bossing Say. You know, and that's one of the best episodes of Avatar, yeah. in my opinion. I mean, yeah, it might be... You're still going to cry. Yeah, it's one of, like, three episodes that genuinely made me cry. And uh, super great. And it does still move the narrative along, because at the end, uh, we have a lead on but Appa. There's two problems that, that Owl House had. Like I said, I came full circle. I came around, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but there, I mean, there are at least three episodes in a row in the middle of season one that are, like... You know, part one, uh, Luce is doing something and wants to learn magic. Ida doesn't let her. Ida says, don't you know about the scream monsters? And then disappears. And then she, like, runs after her. And then we, like, learn about that. And then, like, it all ends up fine in the end. And then it's, like, next episode. And what it didn't deal with any of those episodes was, like, remember how Luce told her mom she was going to summer camp? And she lied to her and hasn't said anything to her. We're just not going to touch that for <laughs> six episodes. She texts her mom almost every night. No, no, no. That, that comes way later. Right? There's, there's like five that? episodes where there's no mention of that. Hmm. There's no mention of her mom. No mention of reality. It's literally just plot is Ida goes off and does something crazy. Guess, and Luce helps to solve it. Hmm. Yeah, I guess one thing I did wonder is... And, and... Alone. 
And the Owl House is a meaningless title that makes no sense because the Owl House has nothing to do with anything until the end of the first season. Then it matters a lot. It all comes around. I disagree <laughs> with that so that's entirely. But... There, there are five episodes in the middle of season one where none, nothing is done. They're filler episodes. But I came around. Disagree. Jeremy, what were you going to say? I, I disagree, and I disagree to disagree. I don't care. <laughs> Go. Yeah, we, we see plenty of times in series, Liz is like using her phone and, and whatever, but how? Oh, yeah, yeah she the boiling sandals. Magic world, that <laughs> oh, was she, a good question. She definitely doesn't have any reception, but, but like, how is she even charging it? it? Like, like, that's magic. These are good questions. That's gotta be dead in, like, hours. Especially when you have no reception. And she's TikTok, most likely. Travis. Okay, I want to I divert. So if there's more that needs to be said here, I have like a completely unrelated thing that I need Deep? to Yeah. I don't think anything needs to happen. Need this right this show. Yeah, we must stay on topic on this show. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's my diversion. Um, I heard Eva, and I was like, my God, I know that voice. So I went on. Oh, yeah. She is the mom. And I looked on Wendy Malik's IMDb page. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say, Wendy Malik, if you're listening, you've been the voice of my childhood. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like what was she in? Because I couldn't find anything. She's so much. He's getting there. He's getting there. I'm getting there. This is the first thing. Like, love our parents. They raised us right. They probably let us watch Seinfeld a little too young. Good <laughs> you When Alec had a part on Seinfeld, and I was like, I know I've heard this voice from Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Went all the way down to the pitch. Found her in Seinfeld. Figured out she was also in Frasier. She is uh fucking. Sorry, I shouldn't swear on the show. She is. Yeah, what's his name? His wife in Just Emperor's excited. New Groove. Yep, she's the she's mom in Emperor's New Groove. Forever. Yeah. Like, awesome performance. She's she's great all the time. She's like a million things. And I heard that voice, and I, I know this woman. Oh yeah, I knew immediately she was from Emperor's New Groove. I I've watched that movie so many times. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. the that that is Pacha's wife oh, yeah. from Inverse New Groove. So good, awesome. Pancho, Pancho, Pancho. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Very no, good. I remembered. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure it was uh, it was the actress who voiced Fry's girlfriend Cyclops from Futurama. No, that's that's, that's a totally other, other person. person. Absolutely, that's not Leela. Leela, I don't know the actress that plays Leela, but I guess I could hear some similar There's cadence similar. in there. There's a bit of similarity. <laughs> like, sounds kind of like her. Mm. I've seen her in a lot, though, and I was like, this is awesome to just, like, get that reminder. All right. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting, too, because, like you said, the voice of our childhood, and now she's going to be the voice of someone else's childhood because somebody's favorite show will be Owl House you know no question yeah. if I was a kid my favorite show would have been Owl House yeah, yeah. It's like, I just had a moment recently of, I love those like B list or like even C list I don't think she's C list she's B list no. but like the actresses and actors that people don't know as well like I just watched the yeah and Ashley Johnson, who is like the voice of Ellie from The Last of Us, is in The Help. And oh yeah, I like watch this scene, and she's just a side character because she's an right. extra. She's built her whole career on voice acting, but I know her voice, and she stands up and like says a line in The Help, and I was like, oh my god, that's Ashley Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, and she does critical role full yeah, time yeah. now. So, I mean, by far, what she gets paid the most for now is Critical Role. And she does it every week. And then then you find out Mark Hamill did the voice of the Joker in the animated Batman from the 90s. And you're like, what? That was Mark Hamill? And Fire Lord Ozai. Oh, that's right! Exactly! It was Fire Lord Ozai? Yeah, Yeah, I did not know that. There are some voice actors here like, oh my god, they voiced everything. We can't forget. Let me find his name. Most of them are in critical role, to be to be fair. 
Mark Hamill? You keep Mark talking. Hamill's never been on it. <laughs> well, that's on them. But yeah. Laura Bailey uh, voiced half the characters in Dragon Ball Z. Laura okay. Bailey is voiced by everybody. And uh, he, her husband also voiced a bunch Travis of characters in Dragon Ball Z. Nice. Um, was she Frieza? And off to other animes. Mark Hamill's best voice acting role is Snakebite Scruggs in uh, Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. He did that too? One of them. What? Wow. Snake For the viewers at home, these guys are crazy, crazy about Scooby Doo, and I don't understand why. Eventually, we'll do an episode on it. I don't watch. Yeah, what's your problem? Why do you hate Joy? I haven't watched any Scooby Doo stuff since I turned 21. Well, that's that's on you, because that's what you do when you mature. Is it? <laughs> Colin. Wow. I have to tell you. So mature people know about change my lines on the island. But hey, we will when we do the episode. But Mark Hamill is the one. That's my pig mojo. That's Mark Hamill. <laughs> <laughs> that is his pig. Its name is Mojo, and it is pretty, it pretty epic. I did not know that was Mark Hamill. That's wild. Okay. Good to know. Transforms into a roll. Absolutely. Like when I went to play that chicken. Sure didn't think that was Luke Skywalker there with Mojo <laughs> down them swamps. Uh, yep. Um, struggling there, Travis? You doing okay? How you doing there, Montana, bud? It's almost dead. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. For the audience, my uh, phone runs my Wi-Fi hotspot that I do this whole podcast. Oh, uh, that's for us, yeah, too. Us we didn't that, know that right? until just now. Oh, yeah. There you go. The reveals. Wow. If Spoilers. You keep up with I die in real life. <laughs> Sorry, Pedro. Yeah, we're sorry. sorry. We kind of got up in Owl House. <laughs> All right, but Owl House, Owl House rocks. Three beers. Why, Colin? Uh, man, you got to put me on the spot, huh? Well, you jumped up and yeah. held up your hand and wanted to go first. You, you left into the spot. spot. Yeah. Yeah, let's put door, kid. Don't you have this written down in your little notebook somewhere? Dora first, right on the spot. Put Dora first. Well, first of all, you have to drink something during the opening credits. And I don't mean that in a negative way at all. I mean, when the opening credits run, you're like, oh, yeah, baby. Everybody get down here. You know, you're just gathering up the household. Yes. And yeah. Like, yeah. So yes, <laughs> yeah. you got it. You got to slam your your drink when that plays. Okay. You know, and then you got to crack open another one uh, for the rest of the show. And then when the end credits roll, you crack another one. The and music on great. the next one. The, the music is, is perfect. Yeah. It's very good. Jeremy. I don't know. See, because I don't, don't want to get. Although I wouldn't recommend drinking three beers every episode and yeah. watching. That's Seven episodes like Clay does. That'll get you a real sloppy, <laughs> and, and then you'll like, you know, like, you can spread those three out. Double by the time some of the it is like an animation of the like thirty-minute show. You don't want that. You want a. You want a. I don't know. I I go beer every other episode on this one. Yeah, it sounds good. Or something, yeah, you know, frothy and magical. Yeah, just keep it even. You should have a yeah. alcoholic butter beer. Yes. yes. Just this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would take... I would take, like, a solid, like, 12-pack and just spread it through a, the whole season. You know? Which you would watch in one day. I watch, you know, <laughs> two, three days. <laughs> yeah, some spread days. it out. Hey, spread out a 12-pack and have a good time. Um, the show's a hell of a ride, and... You're going to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's good. I, I stand by my rating system of the previous time I've watched a kid's show on this show. I will drink zero beers because this is a show for children. Stay sober. 
Shirley Temple it is. Show. What, what, what was, was your rating for Speed Racer, there, bud? That doesn't count. <laughs> Why doesn't it count? Uh, <laughs> Well, I think it's a kid's show. Yeah, I think we all just agree on that. It is rated PG. It's, it's PG, PG, man. It's, it's got yeah, I mean, that doesn't kill anybody. Don't you remember, Jay-Z? Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. You know, PG-13, that's numbers. Yeah. Like, there's no 13 in this speed racer, bro. It's for kids. Yeah. Although, speedy does say one time. That, that, that was, was pretty, pretty intense. intense. That's true, and... Oh, yeah, he, he was, was like, get that off my track! I was like, like, oh, is that, that from another movie? Like, what's he doing? <laughs> from your childlike sober mind. That's my rating. See, when I watched Clone Wars, I was like, this is a kid's show. When I watched Owl House, I was like, this is... for anybody. This is just yeah. a great show. Call it. We're gonna get into Clone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> give it a few seasons, okay? Give I, it a few know. seasons. That's a lot of seasons of commitment. Time. Yeah, time is money. I could be reading Moby Dick. Oh, no, no. So, Tess, counts at every season. season. Okay. I struggled. I struggled. It becomes one of the best animated series ever. Which I we're going to talk that about. That doesn't sound like, like a selling movie. It's not as good as Owl House. You did that with Friends, didn't you? No, Friends, I hate all of it. But you watched it all. <laughs> you kept watching it. Season one. Season two. Season three. Season four. You have control over And you said, damn it, I'm going to finish it. stop watching whatever you want to. Great. I finish everything I start. <laughs> he did watch every season of Supernatural. You have to keep in mind how you talk to shit. Even Jeremy oh, could do that. More. Yeah. yeah. Four more. Four more. You're four shy? Wait, how many are there? Yeah, yeah 16. Uh, bro, bro, no. <laughs> I thought they had like 13. That's still like. Oh, that's too many. That's. And I will finish them. I hate Snow Crash, but I will finish it. Well, Snow Crash is just. The modern Moby Dick, so well, you know, it's required. Yeah, right? It's it's the modern version of. A, I mean, it's the parable of the sower. The ocean sucks. Is it for Cyberpunk? No, uh, no. Cyberpunk no. parable of the sower. No, it isn't. I, I, it's it is that fear, baby. It's not that sower. Did it get weirdly horny when I was looking? Kinda. Okay. It's not gonna be about poon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. The pooning. I don't think it's the parable of the sower. I don't think it's Moby Dick either. Uh, maybe if they put a fourteen-year-old on the ship, you know, maybe. that's what they did in Snow Crash. Yeah, she was on that big old ship. Yeah. Did anybody in Moby Dick? Plow a dude with a nuke? That <laughs> I th yeah, that was in there. Okay. I think we are taking Colin's comparison a little too critically. To, oh, or, you know, literally. That's not really fair. Uh, basically, Owl House rocks. It, yes. That you should watch it. Even Colin, our resident troll, <laughs> thinks that Owl House is good. Is that right, Colin? Do you, you disagree with that title? Do you disagree with the no. title of Resident Troll? Resident Troll? Yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> yeah, he's cool. <laughs> he's cool. See, only a troll would ask that question that you just asked. Like, is it better than Arcade? That's a troll question. Yeah. Yeah. You're earning. I gotta. I gotta find. I gotta find the boundaries. Not better. Uh, you can you know? better you can than Arcade. Be a geographer. It's better than I Arcane. Won't, but, yeah. <laughs> Not better than Arcane. Better than Arcane. Whoa. Because I'll tell you what, one of the hardest things I think to do is write a good kid's show. That's, yeah. That is. I think that is so much more difficult than writing a good adult show. Yeah. You have so much more freedom when you're writing for adults to explore everything however the fuck you want, mm -hmm. say whatever you want. Yeah. Everybody has an opinion about a kid's show. Like. 
Like you can't show your kid's show to yeah. a group of people and be like, you know, I don't know. You could you could be like, this is a story about people and, you know, who had horrible upbringings and they're fighting against, you know, terrible struggles and stuff. And then you're like, uh, you know, if you were doing that for a kid's show, the same people who would be like, oh, yeah, I understand. They'd be like, well, I don't disagree with it. Like, Ida doesn't seem like a good role model, you know. That's how to write Your stakes are different. Show, yeah, that was a really good point. I don't, I don't think they are. I think I, mean, I think this show is spectacularly good at just being a good show. Like I never got the sense that it was made for kids. Hmm. When I was watching, no, but the stakes are different. That does just because it's made for kids doesn't change. A kids show can't have the like Game of Thrones stakes are not the same as a Young Seven show. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. yeah. Like or like we're talking about other animated shows in comparison. Korra, Clone Wars, the stakes change, they get deeper and higher as they go. And the Owl House I'm sure does that as well, but like, hmm. they're never to the same level as an adult series of like I don't expect like The Last of Us I'm watching right now. <laughs> every new character they meet, I don't expect to live. That's yeah. not with the owl house <laughs> like, i don't think like, oh eight is gonna meet this person and they're gonna kill themselves like no yeah that is true they they do all have plot armor for sure yeah i don't expect Luz to be forced into like a marriage with an abusive older man or something like george martin would do you know that's a pretty low on the list of things but the first couple episodes are so crazy <laughs> Like, oh, yeah. such insane stuff happens. You're like, I don't know what... Someone might die. I think someone might die this episode. It's a kind of... It is a kind of... They just encounter, like, oh, yeah, that's the dragon that eats people when mm -hmm. it gets angry, and... It's like, what? Is, isn't there some sort of larva thing that grows out of something? I don't know. There's... Constantly. There's some crazy Adventure Time level absurdity. Mm -hmm. I think that's the beauty of television, is, like... We always talk about how, I mean, I say we always, me and Clay always talk about how once you believe that a character can't die, that show's kind of like, an adult show is, loses a little bit of its luster because it's mm -hmm. like, oh, everybody's safe. Reincarnation is one of me and Clay's least favorite tropes. Hate it. But a kid show already assumes that. It's like, nobody can die. So now we have to creatively figure out how to make things tense. And I think that's really hard, beautiful when it's done. Agreed. Avatar is another good example. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. Because sure. um, they really don't show blood or anything. Obviously, Avatar stays PG. And nobody, people do die, a couple people, but not a lot. And you, for the most part, like, you know, Sokka's not going to die. You know, Katara's not going to die. You know, Aang's not going to die. Mm -hmm. Um, and you pretty much know Zuko's not gonna die, you know. But you talk yeah. about Avatar, and Avatar took that trope and flipped it on his head because what is Aang's main tension is not how do I help from dying; it's how do I stop from killing. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. true. Like how do I prevent death, which was really cool. Oh, okay. Agreed. Yeah. So, lots of good. There's a few good kid shows out there. I say Owl House has found its way into their ranks um, as a modern day, really good kid show and has a lot of good messages. I'm excited to see what they do with season four. I wish they were going to have more, but that's where we're at. And yeah. yeah. Thank you, Special Bruce. Thank you, Cascade Riders. Thank you, Jeremy and Colin. Thank you, Travis. Thank you, listeners, of course. Thank you, Pedro Pascal. Thank you, Pedro. We love you, Pedro. Good night. Good night, Pedro. Good night, Pedro. Night, night, Pedro. Bye, Pedro. Sweet dreams. <laughs>